want to give somebody to your left, to your right, a high five and tell the person you are doing well in this fast. You are doing really well. You are doing great. You are doing very well. You are doing, doing great. You are doing great. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's clap our hands one more time and uh, begin to resume our seats, everybody. What a blessing. If you know you didn't finish the clap, when you sit down, clap it. When you sit down, finish the clap. Hallelujah. Amen. God is moving us from glory to glory. He's moving us from splendor to splendor. We are better than yesterday. Hallelujah. It's indeed our year of breaking forth. And what is happening to us, we are increasing and we are spreading on every side. Hallelujah. What is happening to us this year, we are breaking forth and we are what? Increasing and we are spreading on every side. No limitation in your life. Oh, your amen did not show that you believe what he's saying. Nothing will limit you in the name of Jesus. Nothing will have the power enough to limit you. For the, the power of God is at work inside of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Alright, so um, as part of the Lord preparing us, teaching us, training us to walk in the fullness of what he has spoken of our lives. There's going to be a series of teachings that are going to begin from today uh, for the first quarter of this year. And for the first quarter, for our, our part of the first quarter, the quarter is going to end in, it's going to end in April. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And um, uh, we'll be doing some teachings and the, the main theme under which this teaching is going to be happening is how to obtain fullness of power for Christian life and service. How to obtain fullness of power. How to obtain fullness of power for Christian life and service. And on, on the base of this, I prophesy to the name of Jesus Christ that by the time that the Lord has taken us through this season, you'll be full of power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord directed his servant, the bishop, to take us on this journey. Hallelujah. And tonight I'm privileged to begin more like an introduction and that will set us on this journey. Can we celebrate our daddy the clap offering for the privilege to bring God's word? Hallelujah. Amen. How to obtain fullness of power for Christian life and service. Amen and amen. Isaiah 54 verse number 1. This is our team scripture, so every teaching that will come, you hear us go there first. Hallelujah. Isaiah 54, verse number 1 to verse number 4, uh, to verse number 3 rather. But I'm going to stress on the verse number 1, the, just the very first line. Can we read it together? The more we read together, the more it sticks in our spirit. 1, 2, 3, 4, go. Verse 2. 
Verse 3. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make desolate the cities to be inhabited. Shout a good amen to that. Now let's go back to the verse number one. Just the 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 A. The A. Just the A. It says, Sing, O barren, thou that did not bear. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, one of the one of the motivations for people wanting more money. People want money, people want to be have political power. They want to be in politics. Uh, they want to work in a good company. Uh, they want certain connections. It's just so that you can have influence. Just so that you can have power. When you have money on you, there's this kind of power you feel you have. It's as if you have what it takes to solve any situation that comes your way. Hallelujah. When there's money, you have good money available. You buy your desired house. You have the power to buy the house you want. It's one thing to have a dream of a house and have what it takes to have it. The ability to uh, make manifest the dream, okay? Money gives you that ability to do that. But money still has a limitation. Especially whereby somebody is sick in a critical condition. You might have the money to take the person to the best of hospitals. But if the situation is beyond the knowledge of the doctors, that is the end. It means that the, that power that money gives to you is limited. It can't do anything. So you, you see very wealthy people or rich people and they are on the bed of affliction at the point of death and their money cannot save them. So money has a certain limitation. Uh, people also go for political appointments because when you are in politics, there are certain things that you, you get. You get certain level of influence, certain connections, certain access certain places. But that also has a limit because uh, road accident or plane accident does not recognize political power. So you find yourself limited there. Some also build their human bank. They build their human assets. Um, somebody once said that if you look around your friends and you can't even raise a thousand cities, it means you, have, you are very poor because your friends are so poor they can't even raise one thousand amongst them. It's very strange. And so motivational speakers, they advise people to build their human capital. So uh, the person is not very rich, but has rich friends who are willing to extend their riches to him. But there also comes a point in time where that connection and that ability that that connection brings also is limited. Praise the name of Jesus. There are others too that decide to find power in education. So he has a first degree. He goes for a master's, several masters, goes for PhD uh, because he feels that with that more educational, um, what is it, abilities, you know, they can, they, can, they can go through some places. That also has a limitation. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, all these activities point to one thing, that every human being on earth longs to have power. Every human being on earth wants to have a certain ability to control things that they are not controlled by things. Nobody wants to be a victim of anything. In fact, 
when you have what it takes to handle situations, you walk in peace. You have no troubles around you. When troubles come, you have what it takes to trouble, trouble. So every man being, even their falling state, is seeking for that ability to control things, the ability to be in charge, the ability to handle matters. Why is this so? Because in the creation of man, God gave man that unique thing. He said that they may have dominion, dominion, dominion. In other words, that sounds more like power. God gave man power. And so when man rebelled against God, he lost the power to control things, the power to be in charge of death, the power to be in charge of sicknesses, the power to be in charge of nakedness, the power to be in charge of, um, um, of uh, poverty. Anything that takes away the peace of man, man originally had the power to handle these things. But the fall of man made man now a victim of the things that he rather ruled over them. So every human being is desiring rulership, 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 rulership. Now it's so serious that even when Jesus Christ came on earth and he was doing so many mighty works, at an event where John the Baptist was imprisoned, he is the one that said that, I did not know him, but the one that sent me showed me that this is him and this is the son of God. He said all of that. We have records of that in the Bible. But at a point in time, he had to send his disciples in Matthew 11. He sent his disciples to Jesus and say, are you the one that we are expecting or somebody else is coming? Why? Because at that time, the people of God were under a certain control, a certain people. They were being controlled by another nation. And they all thought that when the Messiah will come, he will lead a coup and he overthrow that particular government or people that were in charge over them. So you see that they, the people of God were seeking for one that had power to handle the situation that they were going through. And so, even as believers, when you become born again, there's something that motivates a lot of us. That when I come into Christ Jesus, I will have the power to control certain things in my life. And that is what all of us are longing for. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And so, we are all crying. You go to uh, retreat centers, especially in Achia, down here a lot. Because... Uh, there are no boundaries to the prayer groups. Uh, in the bush, everybody's praying, you can hear everybody's prayer. Whether it's scriptural or not, you can hear it. So you hear somebody praying, Eradi, mommy, to me. Lord, give me power for your work. But when the Lord scans the heart of that person, give me power so I'll be recognized, so I can have influence. Are you with the people of God? Are you still following me? Praise the name of Jesus. So even in our prayers, we're asking God for power, power, power. When we fast, we, we, we want power. And so everyone wants power because no one wants to be a victim. We all want to control. And thank God that God is mindful of the fact that all of us have that desire. So this quarter is going to show us how to have power in its fullness. Praise the name of Jesus. The power we are talking about here is not the power that has limitations. But it's a power that has no limitations. It's a power that establishes the counsel of God, the will of God amongst men, especially in your life. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, when you read Isaiah 54, you see something. It says that, sing, O barren. There is no one that wakes up in the morning and says, I want to be barren. Barrenness is never the goal of anybody. Unfruitfulness, stagnation, retrogression, things aren't working. 
is not the desire of anybody. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so because of barrenness, we seek for power. Fullness of power. There is a power that ends barrenness. That regardless the environment you find yourself, there is a power that enables you to excel in that environment. No matter what is in that place. It's not about the country you go to. When you are walking in this power, no matter how the economy is crashing, you operate in a certain economy in this economy. You excel beyond it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Anything that looks like barrenness, there is a power that helps you overcome it. One major difference between Jesus Christ and the Pharisees, the Bible says something that he was one that preached as a man that had authority and power. Why did they say that? When the problems came, he had what it took to handle them. So when the sick will come, you heal them. The blind will come, you open their eyes. The deaf will come, you open their ears. The dumb will come, you cause them to speak. The paralyzed comes, he caused them to walk. When there's no wine, he brings wine. Jesus Christ was an example of how the Christian life and service should be. It's a Christian life and then service. The thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life for the Christian life. And you may have it in overflow for Christian service. Hello. There is a power to live the Christ life. There is a power to live the Christ life. And there is the power to effect the Christ work. So there is a life and there is a work. Are you with me? It's not enough for me to be born again. But it's expected by God's design that I walk in fullness of power so that by me, the world can also walk in that same power. Hallelujah to Jesus. There are many bodies stations around, but it takes the power from on high that can end such things. Is anybody a desire for that kind of power? I want to walk in that kind of power. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. That when there seems to be a limitation because you are one, a daughter, a son of God who is filled with the power of God, you will end that situation. Oh, we prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ. In this season that the Lord is taking us to this teaching, we shall walk in the fullness of the power of God. People of God, we are not talking about a feeling. We're not talking about coming for a service and everybody's falling down. Praise God, it happens, we thank God. But that you leave a service and the same predicaments that men are crying about, you look at them in the face and with the audacity of heaven, you arrange them to align to God's agenda. That is what you want to seek. That you will not just fall in a service and get up and there's nothing in you. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ came to fulfill his assignment on earth, the Bible says and after that he was baptized in water by John the Baptist. The Bible says that he was led. Other, other records says the Holy Ghost drove him. Others say that, you know, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. And there he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Luke's account is so beautiful. Give us Luke chapter 4 verse 1. But this is an introduction. I'm just reading something to you. Uh, I hope you're already being blessed. Luke chapter 4 verse number 1. Do, do you love this screen? Let's celebrate God. It's, it's, it's our new baby. Wow. 
We are moving from glory to glory. We are breaking forth, sir. Hallelujah. Can we read this together? I want to go. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now give us the verse number 18. Let's see what is in verse 18. 18. Verse number 18. Praise God. Give me verse number 14. Sorry. 14. Verse 14. Okay. Can you read me want to go? And Jesus returned where? In the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Why did the fame go about? Because he came back with such power that anything that caused people to cry, he wiped away that tears. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And so in the verse number 18, quoting Isaiah 61, verse 18, let's go there. Quickly, verse 18. Quickly, verse 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel. In other words, that the power of God is upon me. The power of God is upon me. The power of God is upon me to end every barrenness. The power of God is upon me to move people forward. Them that are going back, I move them forward. The power of God is upon me to set the captives free. People of God, we are talking about the power of God. We are talking about how to obtain the fullness of God's power. It is not a feeling, it's a reality. Praise the name of Jesus. It's a reality, amen. When God called forth Moses and sent him on an assignment to Egypt, to set people free. He did not just go like that. God gave him power. 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 I see walk in the fullness of power. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, and with an outstretched arm, God demonstrating his might, he got his people out of the place of bondage. He gave him power. Every man that God called, that established a divine council was empowered. Praise the name of Jesus. And you realize something in all the accounts in the scriptures about men that walked in power that they were taught how to obtain it. It's not free. Praise the name of Jesus. Yes, salvation is free. But when it comes to you walking the fullness of power, there is what to do. If it was not so, then everybody should be enjoying it. Praise the name of Jesus. And so in this quarter, we are going to be looking once again at how to obtain the fullness of power. And because of that, we're looking at certain very key areas. We'll be looking at the power of the surrendered life. These are the pathways to fullness of power. The surrendered life. You can write them down so that you'll be monitoring as the class goes on every service we have by God's grace. Number two, write down the power of the word. The word of God. The power of the word of God. The first one is the power of the surrendered life. We're looking at the surrendered life. The, the, the crucified life. The, the, the the, the life, the, the real Christian life. Hallelujah. 
The power of the word. Number three, we'll be looking at the power of the blood of Christ. The power of the blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The power of the blood of Christ. Amen. And then number four, the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the... So we're looking at the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a whole teaching. It's something we've gone through before, but we want to, as Daddy always said that every year he goes back to his foundation to check how the foundation is. And these are very, very, very important you know, things in our foundation you must highlight and look into. And then finally, we shall be looking at the power of prayer. The power of prayer. The power of prayer. Hallelujah. What is the first one we're going to be studying? Number two. Number three. And number four. Number five, hallelujah to Jesus. Jesus Christ said that you shall receive what? After that the Holy Ghost and you shall be my what? Witnesses. Praise the name of Jesus. Luke 24 and verse number 40. Give me 49. Let me see what is there. Let me be sure I don't give you a wrong scripture. I see you walk in the power of God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with what? Power from on high. That is the power that will help you live the Christian life and also be able to live the Christian service. And a typical example is Peter. He could not defend his love for Christ. Christ would take them for a prayer time. They could not stay awake and pray. But when the Holy Ghost came on them, when the power of God came upon them, the same Peter stood and defended his love for Christ. Preached the gospel and 3,000 were saved. The same Peter was not afraid to defend this Christ, his Jesus, before the leaders when they were called. The same Peter was beaten. He was happy to take it. The same Peter, it is said in church history that when he was being um, killed, they were going to crucify him. He said he's not worthy to be crucified like his savior and his master Jesus. That is, you turn him upside down. The same Peter. When the power of God comes, mm, you, when the power of God is working, you, you will love prayer. When the power of God is working, you will love the word. When the power of God is upon you, you will serve without being supervised. When the power of God is upon you, the life of Christ will not be something that you have to beg to live. You will live it out. So have that longing for that power. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, a quick introduction into the first subject you're going to look at, which is the surrendered life. A quick introduction. Just write these few things down. The surrendered life. The surrendered life. So how we can obtain the fullness of power. The first step we are looking at is the surrendered life. Is that okay? Alright. 
What does it mean to surrender? To surrender is the giving up of one's rights. Giving up of your rights. I, I read the material. The author said something that when it comes to an army general, surrendering is defeat. And when it comes to a follower of Christ, surrendering is absolute victory. In the world, in the army, when you surrender, it's defeat. But in the kingdom, when you surrender, it's victory. So how do we win? How do we become walking a victorious life? It's by surrendering in this kingdom. You can write these things I'm going to say. Salvation or accepting Jesus brings the impartation of divine life into you. Salvation or the acceptance of Jesus Christ brings to you the impartation of divine life. But surrendering allows the free work of the life in you and through you. Accepting the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and all that he did upon the cross of Calvary will lead to an impartation of the divine life, the God life, the eternal life. Alright? The eternal life. Do you understand that, people of God? The eternal life is the God life. There is the human life. There is the animal life. This is the God life. The, the life that all lives come from. The God life. The, the life that creates all things. The life of God. What is resident in God becomes part of you. Now give us 1 John chapter 5. And uh, let's read the verse number 12. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5. And the verse. Let's take from verse 11. So we'll, we'll love what we're going to read there. 1 John 5 verse number 11. Thank you Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, and this is the record that God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Go to verse number 12. He that hath the son hath that life. What life is that? Verse 11 says what? Eternal life. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. So when you accept the son of God, you are imparted with the life of God. The regenerating life of God. The very life in God. Eternal Zoe life of God. You receive that life into your life. You are imparted with that divine nature. But when you surrender. Alright. That life you have received. Finds expression in you and through you. So let me put it this way. Seeing Jesus as your savior gives you salvation. Recognizing Jesus as your Lord is what is called surrendering. So there are many of us that say, I received Jesus Christ as my savior and then the life of God is imparted. But he's not your Lord. Because 
the place of surrendering is not in a moment, it's daily. It's a life. We will come there as the Lord takes us through these teachings. So I wrote something here that surrendering is how God is able to use you to bring his life to others. Surrendering your life is how God is able. That's the medium by which God is able to bring his life to others through you. Through you. Now let's try to give expression, still introduction, what a surrendered life is. A surrendered life communicates or means giving up your will for the will of God. Giving up your will for the will of God. Giving up your will for the will of God. Matthew 26 and verse number 39. Let's read something there. Giving up your will for the What does it mean to what? To give up your will for the will of God. Give me Matthew 26, 39. Quickly, sir. Quickly, sir. Matthew 26 and verse number 39. It's not working. Oh, sorry. Have I given you a wrong scripture? Just a minute. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we sing this song together? On to Jesus, I surrender. On. Oh, my, I will. Oh, Lord. His presence daily. What shall we do? Sing it. I to you, my Lord. I want to be. My blessed Savior, we sing this song when we are having altar call, but this song is not for new converts, it's for you and I. Now, in the book of Matthew 26, verse 39, it says, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. So, a surrendered life is a life that gives up, give up your will, and take on the will of God. A surrendered life is total yieldedness to the Lordship of Jesus Christ total yieldedness to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. A surrender life is being a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. You are living but you are dead to the world but a life unto righteousness.
A surrendered life is a willful submission of one's life and lifestyle to the Lord. It's a willful submission of one's life and lifestyle to the Lord. The surrendered life is trusting the Lord Jesus Christ with your life. A surrendered life is not holding anything about you back from the Lord. A surrendered life is like being like Elisha. Burning your tools never to go back to the farm business again. What am I trying to say? Surrendered life means that the bridge that links you from Christ to the world, you break it, you burn it. Never going back. I'm following you all through. You are all I have. You are all I want. Nothing else matters. You are my breath. You are my everything. I have no way of my own. I have no will of my own. I have no purpose of my own. Your purpose is my purpose. Your will is my will. Surrendered. If you want a very beautiful movie to watch that will explain this to you, Take your time and read the book of Ruth. And you understand what it means. Surrender your life unto Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, let's note these scriptures. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We surrender our lives to you. In the name of Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse number 30, 39. Matthew 10, 39. I want to read a scripture there. He said, He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. What is a surrendered life? Losing your life. Because of Christ. Galatians 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, 20. Galatians 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Look at this very carefully. I am crucified with Christ. It means he's dead. He's dead. But he comes and says, nevertheless, I live. Paul, you're confusing us. Yet not I. We are more confused. But Christ liveth in me. So there are two lives mentioned in this scripture. Are you seeing it? There is a life that has been crucified with Christ on the cross. And there's a life that is lived with Christ. Hello? There is a life that is nailed with Christ on the cross because of sin. Nailed is dead. But it's another life that is alive because of Christ. He said, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. People of God, you need to understand people of God. When you became born again, hmm, you identified with Christ being hung on the cross and nailed to the cross. 
your old man was nailed to the cross. And then you also identified with the death of Christ. And then you identified with the resurrection of Christ. I identified with the reigning of Christ. Are you with me? So, for you to continuously live in the reigning dimension of Christ, you must understand that that old life where you were the CEO, you have been sacked. Now you are an employee. You don't belong to yourself anymore. You belong to Jesus. In fact, I call it that you are on Christ's support. You know when somebody is having challenge of breathing in the hospital, they put the person oxygen. And what do they say? On life support. Now you as a believer, you must remember that you are on Christ's support. As soon as Christ is taken from you, you are dead. Do you understand that? You are crucified. You are crucified. The old man has been crucified. So on a daily basis, you must remember that you are crucified. In other words, every day be crucifying yourself. There are things you can't do anymore. Why? Because it's no longer your body. There's a story that we were told some time ago of um, a man that was traveling and um, there was about three guys who were trying to play a particular game. It was gambling, actually. And they needed a fourth person to complete the, the set so they can, they can have that game. And they beckoned on him, that, oh, sir, can you join us? And he said, oh, I would have loved to join you in this, in this game, but I didn't come with my hands. And they looked at him. They looked at him. Ah. So what about those things beside what are they? He said, oh, this one, it's not mine, no. It's for somebody I only borrowed to travel with it. And he doesn't like that kind of thing. And they were more confused. So they stopped the game and said, what are you telling us? He said, okay, this man that can play the game is dead. This man you see does not play such games. This hands you see belongs to someone. His name is Jesus Christ. So these hands are not mine. They belong to Jesus. These eyes, people of God, when you and I come to understand this, that these eyes we are using is not ours, we will not spend too much time on Facebook and Instagram. Because the owner of the eyes does not invest the eyes on social media. He invests the eyes on God. Looking unto God. When you and I remember, remember the story, the, the accounts of the church in Macedonia. Bible says even their poverty, they gave, they stretched themselves. Why? Because they first gave themselves. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the body you have now is not yours. It's borrowed. I don't think the person here look for somebody else. Say, my dear friend, these eyes you have, these ears you have, it's not yours. It's borrowed. It belongs to Christ. Now, while you are seated, access yourself. How have you been using the property of Christ? Think about it. How have I been using the property of Christ? Uh, when he comes back, will he be happy the way I've been using the, his property? That is how daily you crucify yourself. You deny yourself of the pleasures of the world. That is daily crucifixion. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Romans chapter 6 verse 19. Romans 6 19. Thank you Jesus. Romans 6 and verse number 19. He said, 
I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now, that means now that you have accepted the lordship of Jesus Christ, what is Paul saying? He says, yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Now, this is the thing about surrenderedness. It is not God that will come and yield your members. So there's nothing like, oh God, oh God, oh God, yield my members for me unto righteousness. No, the reason it becomes a sacrifice is because you have to decide by the power of God inside of you to submit willfully your members. What are your members? Your body parts, your head, your eyes, your legs, these members of your body. He says that before now, before you were born again, before you gave your life to Christ, before you accepted the Lord of Jesus Christ, you willingly gave your members. I saw a video today of a, a young lady. I think they had gone to club and uh, she had overdrunk. And they were trying to save her because she's about dying. And she had drunk. So in that state, she has given her members, all right, to, to sin. And so drinking, drugs, Fornication. He's giving his members. She's giving the members. Now, when you become born again, there's a power that's released on the inside of you that gives you the ability to, to give your members to God for righteousness. Are you with me? When you are not born again, you are helpless in giving your members to God. When you come born again, you have been helped to be able to give your members. Hello? So there's the original power you receive. On the inside, by the, by the impartation of God's life, to be able to submit your member. That is why you can see they say, I will not do it. I will not do this. As long as he says, I will not give in to this, you just gave your members to God and not to the world. So it means that there are those that are in the faith that are willingly giving their members to unrighteousness and iniquity. That is why for you and I that are born again, sin is not sudden. It's a process. For you and I who are born again, sin is not a spirit that moves us into. There must be a cooperation from us. For you that is born again, the devil just can't come and tell you or put in your hand a drug to take. No! It's a process. He has to keep talking because you now have a certain life that in your DNA that thing does not work with you. That's what the Bible says that he that is born of God cannot sin because the seed of God abided in him. By reason of that, you don't have the natural proclivity to go and do those things. You don't have it. So the enemy will have to talk to you. Are you here with me? He has to have a conversation with you. And before he will talk to you, he'll bring you examples. So the movie you are watching is communicating to you. The music you will not stop listening to is preparing you for the devil's presentation. So by the time he comes, your walls are broken. You are soft to now hear him, entertain him, and then he will enter you and attain you. So for the saints, you don't just fall into sin. Sin has no dominion over you and I. It's a decision because we have the power to withstand sin in the face. 
because we are born of God, we cannot sin. What it means is that the seed of God, you have the nature of God. You can't sin. What it means, listen, people of God, listen. You know, that there's, 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 um, there's a guy, um, I love animals, but not the ones I can rear because I'll beat them. So I like to watch them. And there's this man that has a dog. He dresses the dog the way he dresses. And they dance to music together. So they'll sit in the car. The day he wears suits, the dog will wear suits. If he has shades, the dog will wear shades. You see, he has trained the dog to be comfortable with wearing human clothes, but he's still not a human being. He has trained. It means that by consistent exposure, the dog looks comfortable. And the dog is even nodding the head to the music. But he's still a dog. The fact that the enemy consistently trained you to be vulnerable to a sin does not make you a sinner. Because your nature, that is why when you are done, you are not okay. Because you, you are not used to doing that. A dog could be trained to join us on the table to eat fries and chicken. But if you were to ask that dog, are you okay, sir? I say, no, sir. Because of you, I'm doing this. If the dog needs real food, they will now put it in, in his bowl or her bowl on the floor. He won't be on the dining table. Because that is the nature. Are you with me? So, for you and I to sin is a decision. We submit, we submit our members. So what is a surrendered life? Is when we submit our members to righteousness by decision. Sometimes it can be hard. Do you get my point? Sometimes it can be hard. You know, financially things aren't going well. You're an accountant. And, and this particular day, plenty money you are counting. Plenty money you are counting. You have asked your boss, that sir, can I get advance uh, loan? The man said, no, I can't give it to you. And you need the money because your wife is at the point of death. And your flesh says, take the money. When she's well, you explain yourself. And your spirit man says, by the amplification of God's word, I will not take it. I will not take it. It means that, Lord, I will not go my way nor my will. I will trust you to provide for him. And to shock you that the provision was just right there. You see, anytime you are taking a decision to submit your members unto righteousness and the pressure increases to submit your members to iniquity, it means that the glory is at the corner. Do you understand? Now you see, when somebody is going to fall into a ditch and the person is you're saying, stop, stop, stop. Now your voice increases, the agitating increases when the person is getting too close. Stop, 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 stop. So when that thing is like you can't hold yourself, it's increasing. It means you are at the verge of a reward, a glory. And the guy is by pressure getting you off that reward. Lord, not my will, but your will. My final scripture. I hope we've gotten the introduction. You know, I've come to realize that a person who claims to pray a lot 
and still has a problem with a surrendered life, we only handle the shallow realm of God's power. You will never go deep. Prayer should not be the means to power. Prayer should be the means to surrendering or power to flow. That's why I see the Lord would have prayed a lot. But when it comes to their life, you don't see the life of Christ in their daily living. And let's read the scripture and Luke 9 23. Luke 9 and verse number 23. Lord, we give you our all. In this season, we give you our all. And he says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him what? Shout it for me, saints of God. And what? Once in a month. Once in two weeks. Once in a year. When he feels like. And then what do you do next? And what? So when Christ turned to disciples and said to them that follow me and I will make you pieces of men. Can we imagine a cut and paste? So Christ says follow me. So between the time that he says the follow, something comes before the follow. What is that? Is to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow. Give us a passion translation. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said to all of his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own. Surrender to my ways. Rise to your feet. Look at somebody in the face. Use one eye on the person, one eye on the scripture on the screen. You know how you're going to do it. Find a way to do it. Say, so my friend, I have a message from the Lord to you. Jesus said I should tell you, that if you truly desire to be his disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace his cross as your own and surrender to his ways. My friend, this must be daily. With all sincerity of heart, lift up your two hands. I want us to pray a prayer of surrendering. I want us to pray a prayer of disowning ourselves, being owners of our lives, and submit it to Jesus. Tell Him as the teaching continues in subsequent meetings. There will be practical daily examples that shall be shared. <laughs> the prompting is coming. Wake up and pray. The body is saying we are tired.
What is a surrendered life? Though I'm tired, I rise to pray. The Holy Ghost is telling you, empty your accounts for that family. And then your flesh comes. Look at all the needs you have to do. You have to carry out. Needs you have to meet. And then you have to say, not my will, but your will. And you empty your accounts. That's a surrendered life. <laughs> your mouth is doing like gossip, 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 gossip. And your spirit man energized by God's word tells you, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. That's a surrendered life. Mashallah, baba, baba. Mashallah, baba, baba. This person has done a thing that hurts you so much. And your flesh is saying, retaliate. Think on how to deal with this person. And the Spirit of God is telling you, no, forgive and pray for him or her. And then you heed to the Spirit of God as a surrendered life. Lord, you are my Lord. I confess you as my Lord. I confess you as my Lord. I have no will. Your will is my will. Your passion is my passion. I submit my members to you. They are yours. I own none of this. Thank you for the release of grace for daily crucifixion. <laughs> for Jesus, the Romans had to crucify him. In your own case, you must be the Roman of your crucifixion. Speak to the Lord. I lay it all before you. 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 Oh, I laid it all before you. Barabashe komorodime. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Kima mama ba. Just one moment, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer again. One moment, pray that prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Just one more prayer. Give us Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 2. Let's see something there. Ephesians 5 and verse number 2. Thank you, Lord. The Lord will use you mightily. Look at this beautiful scripture. And continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God. Like an aroma of adoration. A sweet healing fragrance. Lord, from today, may my life rise unto you as a sweet fragrance. Lift your two hands. Set me on the altar. The altar where your fire will burn consistently. 
that my flesh will give way to you. May I rise into your nostrils as a sweet aroma. Pray that prayer. I want to pray this prayer from your heart, the depth of your heart. Thank you, Lord. And I'll praise you, Lord. Lift your two hands like that and next to next.